good morning. It's Tuesday, the 28th of August, 2018. Welcome back to Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, the world's only twice-weekly podcast dedicated entirely to autonomous cars. Today, Volkswagen dumps $4 billion into its connected car operating system. Another discussion on the jobs self-driving cars will destroy and those that they'll create. And Toyota invests $500 million into Uber. All this right now. But first, a huge thank you to one of my listeners, Michael McCartney. Um, If you remember, at the start of Season 2, just a couple episodes back, I made the announcement that thanks to the good folks over at Anchor.fm, the platform where I record and host this podcast, it's now possible to show your support for the podcast with very easy monthly subscription donations. Um... And, well, Michael, you've just become the first to do so, so a huge thank you indeed for that. means the world to me. Now, before we dive into our first segment on Volkswagen's staggering $4 billion investment into its own connected car operating system, um, so you may have seen on Friday to close out the week, I decided to try uh, what hopefully will become a staple of this show, uh, a Friday poll, for lack of a better name, Please help me come up with a better name for this, because the idea is to run weekly polls on Fridays um, to welcome in the weekend with kind of a survey, uh, getting a cross-section kind of feel, the the pulse, if you will, on people's thoughts regarding the ongoing development and rollout and indeed the future of uh, autonomous cars. So on Friday, the first sort of inaugural poll, as it were, I ran the question, who's going to deliver the first level five car for consumer ownership, not sharing? Uh, The options were, in no particular order, Tesla, GM or Ford, Audi or BMW or Mercedes, or Waymo or Apple or other. If it's not clear from the attempted commas in that sentence, uh, Twitter, as you might know, only allows for four options in the polls. So yeah, I kind of grouped together the uh, the American car makers, GM and Ford, the Germans, Audi, BMW, Mercedes, and of course, Waymo, Apple or other. Well... I will give you a moment to guess the results, or better yet, if you want to head over to Autonomous Hogue on Twitter to see them for yourselves. Uh, the <laughs> I guess I'm not totally surprised. Um, the results were overwhelmingly in favor of Tesla, with a whopping 51% of voters responding in favor of Tesla. So I'm going to leave it to you to guess what the uh, following results were. How do you think... GM, Ford, Audi, BMW, Mercedes, and Waymo, Apple, or other, how do you think those ranked in the poll? Well, head over to twitter.com slash autonomous hogue to find out. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Right, so this discussion about Volkswagen's $4 billion investment into its new, uh, well, home baked operating system known as VW.OS. Um, This could really easily spiral out of control into an entire episode unto itself, let alone multiple segments. But uh, suffice to say, let's kick it off with kind of an overview of what's going on here. But let's start with a bit of background. Obviously, I think most of, if not all of you, are pretty well 
well aware of what happened to Volkswagen several years back, the whole diesel gate, the diesel scandal. I wrote about this extensively, uh, especially on Quora, um, you know, sort of concluding with the notion that, uh, and, and by the way, putting aside for a moment my sort of assumption for how this all occurred in the first place, my conclusion was that we would see a really um, pretty remarkable about face in the role that Volkswagen was going to take in the ongoing electric and autonomous car revolution. Uh, suffice to say, they'd be moving away from diesel entirely, to nobody's surprise, really, but that they were really going to become the leaders in electric, uh, in electric cars generally, as well as automation. Um, kind of reading between the lines then, I was kind of suggesting that, Tes- or that, that Volkswagen would become a really um, legitimate competitor to Tesla, not least of which because it's just so big. It's got resources more than anybody. So if anybody could compete, Volkswagen certainly could. And as an aside, we're certainly seeing this with one of Volkswagen's uh, child companies, Porsche, who of course are taking a huge leap ahead with the rollout of their Porsche Taycan uh, super electric sedan rolling out in the next year or so. Right. Anyway, this is a roundabout way of getting to the point, which is this. So Volkswagen, they're uh, they've just announced, indeed, $4 billion. It's about $3.5 billion Euros through 2025. They really want to position themselves as a, quote-unquote, mobility services provider. Uh, and this will be kind of built around their home-baked operating system. As I said, it's called VW.OS. The idea is that this will be an OS um, really to manage and govern all of their their vehicles. We're going to see this, first of all, rolling out in, no surprise, Volkswagen's new line of ID series of electric cars. This will occur around 2020. If this sounds a bit familiar, uh, it's because, well, you listened to last week's episode where we touched on Volkswagen's new Wii, or perhaps V, car sharing platform, uh, which will start rolling out in Berlin and then, of course, North America about a year later. Um, I know some of you have mentioned in the past that you really want the show to be focused singularly on autonomous cars and not uh, on electric vehicles um, in isolation. Well, uh, yeah. Well, the reason I mentioned the Volkswagen Wii platform in the previous episode without an explicit discussion on autonomy is precisely because of this episode today. You see, these are all linked. I think I've said it several times in the past. I'll say it again. Any car company these days working on electric vehicles and especially an entire line of electric vehicles like, well, Volkswagen's ID series, um, Mercedes' new EQ line of electrified vehicles, they are also working on autonomous vehicles. So it's always, almost always going to be the case that if there's uh, electrification involved, then there's autonomy involved. And that's what we're going to see here. So Volkswagen's Wii car sharing platform and, of course, the ID series of cars in which we're going to see the rollout of VW OS, this will really be the kind of full package end-to-end solution that Volkswagen are working towards. If this sounds familiar, well, that's because it should also. This sounds a remarkable degree like what Tesla have been doing. Because here's the trick. Developing electrified cars and, of course, autonomous cars, and indeed all, well, all types of cars through the present, really, have been a very... It's involved a really complicated sort of disparate set of uh, companies, suppliers, um, you you know, kind of bringing everything together into one platform. So, for example, if you look at, well, any of the big car makers, really, until Porsche, um, excuse me, until Tesla, um, they've they've all kind of sourced various 
computer systems, software, hardware from all sorts of different companies all around the world. So then Tesla comes around and they say, well, this is just ridiculous. We're going to build everything in-house. And so really, with the exception of, say, the, um, sorry, that was a remarkably noisy bird outside. I say bird, it was a freaking raven. Um, so with the exception of Tesla, who basically decided, well, it's okay if we have the, uh, what is it, the windshield washer control stock and the drive selector stock pulled straight out of a, uh, an E-Class Mercedes, everything else for Tesla has been essentially developed in-house. The hardware all the way up through and including all of the software, uh, including and especially for their autonomous car tech. This obviously is hugely complicated. It's got a really steep learning curve, but of course the, the, the benefits are, well, I think, pretty obvious, right? I mean, if you can bring everything in-house, obviously in the long run, that's going to hugely lower costs. And most importantly, rather like Apple have done, well, forever with their own hardware and software, this just makes everything kind of work much better together. Yes, you end up with sort of a walled garden, which obviously pisses off a lot of sort of tinkerers and developers, at least when it comes to computer systems. Um, but given that cars are really, well, they've been essentially computers on wheels for years already, but going forward with autonomous cars and electrified cars, they really are, I mean, they are literally just computers with wheels and a passenger compartment. So it really isn't too much of a surprise to see this happening. Well, Tesla are doing it, and now Volkswagen are doing it. So that's kind of what the game plan looks like for VW, and I have to say I am not surprised at all. In fact, I would be hugely surprised if this weren't the case, and mark my words for the record, we're going to start seeing just about every serious contender in the space start to do the exact same thing. Now, that doesn't mean I don't think there's going to be numerous startups popping up here and there trying to provide their own third-party solutions, end-to-end solutions, as it were. For example, I've mentioned very briefly in the past, uh, there is a stealth startup uh, here in San Francisco known as Ride OS. They are also trying to be the entire stack end-to-end. And I think that we are going to certainly see several car companies take advantage of these third-party solutions, because why shouldn't they? If it works, well, great. But I do think that we're going to see the biggest companies like uh, Volkswagen uh, or indeed the pioneering companies like Tesla, they're going to certainly try and do everything in-house. But anyway, as I say, this is a huge discussion. We'll have much more on this in the coming months for sure. Don't forget to head over to markhogue.com for episode summaries and notes. And of course, you can comment, discuss, and debate to your heart's content. Again, that's markhogue.com, M-A-R-C-H-O-A-G. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So another big discussion that we've had on and off on this show is the uh, kind of the big question, big question mark, I should say, is sort of what impact self-driving cars are going to have on jobs. Um, The general consensus is obviously that they could be potentially catastrophic. The oft-cited example, of course, um, are are truck drivers here in America, at least. Um, There's a really great article over at Ars Technica. Uh, The title is Self-Driving Cars Will Destroy a Lot of Jobs. They'll also create a lot. I 
partially agree and partially disagree. It's a great article written by one Timothy B. Lee. Uh, highly recommend you check it out, give it a read. Um, the general uh, sort of you know notion is this. Um, basically, obviously, self-driving tech is going to put a lot of people out of work, full stop. That said, this will not necessarily result in net loss of jobs because apparently these will just kind of get redistributed. Um, alternatively, new jobs will pop up uh, as needed for these car, uh, these autonomous car companies. Now, usually the uh, field in particular, which is cited besides autonomous trucking, is of course uh, taxis and ride sharing generally, right? So, one of the examples that's given is obviously Waymo. Um, you know, the idea is that Waymo is going to be partnering up, for example, with Avis. So, people are going to start taking more and more. Uh, autonomous car rides. And to the extent that Waymo, at least for the short term, will continue to use gasoline-powered cars or even um, hybrid electric gasoline cars, um, these still gonna have, you know, they're still going to have these mechanical oily bits that are going to have to require regular maintenance. So you know, as more and more people take these rides, there's going to be more demand for these cars. So actually, there's going to be more of a need, more of a demand for more labor to work on these cars. Now, the bit, the point at which I start to disagree with this is obviously the notion that going forward, well, we're not going to be using uh, even hybrid electric uh, gasoline cars. We're going to be using fully electric cars. And as I think most of you are well aware, uh, fully electric cars basically reduce maintenance costs to, well, almost zero, apart from things like wear and tear, tires, windshield wipers, brakes. Um, and actually, even with respect to brakes, um, that maintenance goes almost to zero because most, if not all, electric cars have sufficiently strong uh, regenerative braking systems that you almost never need, need to use the brakes at all. Uh, Tesla, of course, Chevy Bolt, really, really famous examples of these cars. You basically have what's now called one-pedal driving. You almost never need to use the brake pedal. But anyway, this is all kind of a roundabout way of getting to the point, which is, you know, there is going to be um, a potential loss of jobs, but, well, it turns out that the net result could actually not be so bad, and in some cases could actually be a bit better. So the very interesting article, or the very interesting example this article cites is something I've actually never heard about until now. And the example has to do with banks installing ATMs in the uh, 70s, 80s, uh, 90s, and of course, on through the 2000s. So the general assumption, of course, was that as ATMs rolled out, the need for human tellers working at the banks would drop, and therefore many, many people would be put out of jobs. Well, incredibly, and to the surprise of, well, just about everyone, it turns out the exact opposite thing happened. Yes, it's true that the individual uh, bank uh, offices, the individual locations, yes, it's true they ended up reducing the number of tellers at every location. But the side effect to all this was that the banks ended up actually opening more locations. So, for example, instead of having, say, one or two locations in every kind of urban area with, I don't know, say, five to ten different tellers per branch, well, now there was like 20 or 30 different uh, branches, each of which would be staffed by maybe one or two tellers. Now, what's interesting is I hadn't really thought about this, although walking into our local branch offices for our banks, um, I have often joked that you've got this huge, massive bank in which there's literally one or two tellers. I always thought it was a bit funny, especially considering I was usually the only person in the bank. Well, this kind of explains it. Um, this allows banks to get more of a brick-and-mortar presence, opening up branches, you know, all over the place, really. And it certainly probably explains why it is you almost always see certain competing banks together, 
usually across the street, if not adjacent to one another. For example, Bank of America and Wells Fargo, it's, it's, at least to my eyes, it's always been the case that if you see a Wells Fargo bank, there is always a Bank of America nearby, and it's almost always the case that the reverse occurs as well, a bit less so with Chase, especially as you get further east, where frankly, I don't think Chase has any banks at all, um, or certainly very few and far between. In any event, this is kind of a, again, kind of a roundabout way of suggesting that we may see a similar thing happen with the rollout of autonomous cars, especially car sharing. I don't really know what's going to happen, however, with trucking. Again, I mean, another example is that, you know, even to the extent you've got fewer people driving trucks or fewer people uh, driving taxis, that um, certainly there's going to be a very big need, as the article suggests, for call centers, for routing logistics and that kind of thing. Again, I kind of question that because the whole the whole point of fully autonomous cars anyway is going to be that, you know, they're going to be able to do their own routing logistics themselves. So I, again, I kind of question the extent to which there's going to be a need for that, at least down the road. Sorry, I've got to stop saying that on the show. Um, but yeah, I could see a very real need for more and more sort of help center stuff <clears throat> as more and more people end up using these services, right? So take Uber, for instance. I think it's, um, you know, they've, they've, done, they've made some pretty good improvements with respect to uh, their support team in app, but I really think they need to go a step further and offer, frankly, a very simple push button uh, phone support as well. Not just for emergencies, frankly, but for anything right away at the push of a button. So I, I definitely can see that happening, right? So so you see uh, drivers leaving the workforce as far as driving the taxis around, driving the trucks around, and moving over to, say, customer support desks. Maybe basic maintenance, cleaning of vehicles, also referenced in the article. Uh, that, of course, would be a very real need. Um, I, I'm not going to address the issue, which I'm sure is on all your minds. Are drivers, especially professional truck drivers, are taxi drivers, are they going to be okay with this, this shift from actually driving the cars to really just maintaining them or their customers? Um, no, I can't imagine too many of them will be very pleased, but it's certainly the, le- the, the least bad solution that I've heard, I think. Um, let me know what you think, because again, this is one of the biggest, most pressing issues. And again, it's not unique in the history of obviously the world. We've seen the same thing, well, as we just discussed with ATMs, we saw the same thing with, well, okay, People who take care of horses, right? Horseshoe, uh, you know, blacksmiths. I mean, plenty of them had to, you know, would have lost their jobs and had to move elsewhere. So it's not like this is a unique thing in the history of the world, but it does stand to impact, I think, the greatest number of people in the world uh, right now. So, you know, as always, please feel free to leave me a voicemail on the Anchor platform. Um, Reach out to me directly using the contact form over at markhogue.com. Let me know what you think. I'm really happy to discuss this directly with you by email or otherwise, certainly on Twitter as well, at Autonomous Hogue. And if any of you would like, um, I'm more than happy to share with all of our listeners exactly what it is you propose, what you discuss. Let me know if you'd like me to share this all publicly. If not, I'll do so at least anonymously, um, because there's a lot to talk about here. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Autonomous Hogue. That's A-U-T-O-N-O-M-O-U-S-H-O-A-G. Wow, I'll try saying that three times fast. And of course, our new YouTube channel, which I don't have a URL for because that requires your help uh, to get a custom URL. Uh, I need 30 of you to subscribe to the show. Until then, it's far too long to ramble off uh, here in audio, but you can find the link over at marco.com. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So to close out today's episode with the third and final segment, uh, Toyota investing $500 million in Uber. We're going to run through this a bit quickly because this episode getting a bit long. Um... If you remember from our previous episode uh, or two back, uh, we announced that Uber, uh, the astonishing news that they're dropping their autonomous trucking initiatives, focusing singularly on autonomous cars. Although even that, with their Volvo XC90s being limited to very kind of marginal testing only on the streets of Pittsburgh and even then with full human intervention. So this, though, is a rather different sort of thing. It turns out that Toyota is investing the $500 million so that Toyota vehicles can be fully uh, loaded up with Uber's self-driving car technology. This, of course, so that Toyota can go on and sort of roll out its own autonomous cars. Again, this is rather different to the partnership that Uber has built out with Volvo over the past couple of years. Um, so Uber's not going to own these Toyotas at all. Really, it's Toyota investing in Uber so that they can get Uber's technology. Um, this is, you know, certainly a fine way to go, I think. I mean, why not? I mean, certainly from Uber's point of view, it certainly makes sense. And I think from Toyota's point of view... Again, why not? I mean, Uber's been developing some great tech, uh, you know, tragic accidents notwithstanding. Um, why not? Toyota should, of course, get this. Uh, Toyota's got an interesting approach. Um, they're, they're, they're kind of rolling out autonomy with kind of a two-pronged approach called Guardian and Chauffeur. They're going to use the same technology stack, but the idea is that they want to really kind of focus, first of all, at least, on kind of the aging or disabled uh, population to kind of help give them mobility that they would otherwise not have. This, of course, is a pretty admirable uh, approach. Toyota, of course, has its own research institute based in California that are singularly focused on rolling out and developing this autonomous car tech. Uh, They debuted their first-gen vehicle back in March of 2017. So uh, very interesting to see where this will go. And I think, if nothing else, it's good news for Uber, who are, again, rather limited now in how they're doing their testing. So it's great to see them getting their tech out in other companies' cars. Could we see this become a trend? Might Uber start doing this with other companies besides just Toyota? We shall see. All right, so that'll do it for today. Just a friendly reminder that if you're enjoying this show, to consider making a small monthly donation to show your support. You can do this in the amount of $0.99 per month, $4.99, or $9.99 per month. Again, a huge thank you to Michael McCartney for becoming our first supporter. This means the world to me. Then uh, that'll do it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the next couple of days. We'll see you back here very soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>